Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. I'm Mary Jo, your host, and today I have another lovely guest. I'm Jane O'Toole from Real Nutrition. Jane is a nutritionist and she works with uh, clients on a one-to-one basis. So she does consultations with her clients and she also does some guest speaking. And she is the host of the podcast, Ask the Girls. So I definitely recommend checking that out if um, for another podcast to listen to. Um, she works with uh, both males and females on nutrition, uh, supporting them with their weight loss goals, fat loss, training, and nutrition in general. And she has a really holistic approach towards it. So she provides, like, I suppose, uh, or she cuts the crap basically because through the crap it's out there but she is really evidence-based in her approach towards nutrition which is why uh, I wanted to have her on um, but she's also great for supporting empowering um, stuff on her Instagram feed which is really really good if you want to check it out uh, on Real Nutrition on Instagram but um, I am going to pass it over to Jane to introduce herself properly and uh, tell us a bit about uh, yourself Jane and also suppose what got you into nutrition in the first place and like what you love about nutrition and then maybe about the clients that you work with as well so yeah we can have a chat and start from there anyway. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me firstly. You're welcome. <laughs> um yeah, as I said, my name is Jane O'Toole, Jane underscore Real Nutrition. If you want to follow me on Instagram and check out some of my banter from day to day, my thoughts <laughs> on evidence-based nutrition. It's a good mix of both. <laughs> Lots yeah. of happiness. Um, so my journey into becoming a nutritionist, um, I am a career changer. Nutrition and fitness and the discovery of it and the passion developing for it had a really life-changing, not to but a really life-changing effect on me um, and I've been transitioning from marketing to nutrition for the last seven years building my business but it would, kind of would have started with discovering a love of weightlifting and training first I've had many battles with body image and distorted um, practices around food throughout my life some issues around all of that that I navigated for many many years and I think the most impactful thing to discover within my journey that made the biggest impact on me was starting to love my body for what it could do. And finding that passion was very transformative for me. So firstly, getting into that side of things and then developing a passion for nutrition and getting into fueling my body, I think was the biggest transformation. Suddenly considering food more as something that was going to help me achieve. Yeah. Like, things in sport get stronger you know all of these things feel it better and was had a massive impact on me and I thought I would initially go the route of coaching got really into CrossFit things like that and but ended up just getting more and more passionate about nutrition and understanding it and I think I was a vegetarian for like 
20 years of my life. So I always had an interest in understanding food and composition to get the best out of that. But just got more and more passionate about learning how to fuel my body. And then kind of started making the journey toward learning more, started using courses just for my own interest. And then I just started getting more and more passionate about it. Started doing some little within my gym when I moved to Dublin because I've been living in Galway. I started doing my little group programs for people and teaching them about nutrition. And I just started to see the impact it could have on other people yeah. and the change it could make and just like educating them and providing support. And I've always loved working with people. The industries I've worked in have always involved a lot of customer service or interaction with people. Yeah. And it's something that I thrive on and being able to do something finally that just felt in my soul like I had purpose. I was like, okay, this is it. I finally have purpose. I'm actually finally getting to make an actual difference and really help people. Yeah. And that just created such a fire in my belly to want to do it more and more. And it also helped me keep a lot of integrity in what I do. I've never, I've always wanted to spend a lot of time with people and give it my all and really see that, those changes. Yeah. And yeah, the passion just grew and grew and I wanted to take my education further and then slowly but surely navigated to now being full-time in nutrition and being really lucky to be able to help people day in day out and provide that support and yeah I feel really lucky to have found something that I'm so passionate about because Jesus I tried I tried several routes <laughs> throughout my life yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a journey to get there, isn't it? But it does make it all the more sweeter when you do get there and you appreciate it for what you're doing. And as you say, have that purpose in you and that can serve your clients so well when you have that then. Oh yeah, I like, I care a lot. Like, it's, yeah. and it's, I think that's such, that's the way it should be. That's what we should feel. And like, you know it yourself, we've had a chat before recording and like, you tell your passion for what you do and like your clients that you have. And it is, it's just, yeah, it's finding that purpose. And it's something that, not everyone gets to do within their work. Some people find it in other areas of their yeah. life. So I feel very lucky that I have found it. And yeah, it kind of, it just, yeah, it creates that, that wonderful balance in life. You're kind of like, yeah, no, I know where I'm going with this. I, I can do this. <laughs> Yeah, no, we are really lucky to have that like balance. And like, it's great to have that. Like, you spend so much of your life working. It is really important to have a love for it really and a purpose in it. Like, because a lot of people unfortunately don't. And um, like you were lucky to have found that like love for it in like an inadverted way, like through, you know, maybe your own personal issues with say your body image and stuff. Like that. And I think that can sometimes be, the message nearly that we need to kind of follow our passions isn't it we go through something ourselves and then we find out that like this could actually you, you help yourself and then you realize you can help other people as well with that which is sometimes a turn of events really but it's uh maybe the universe or something telling us to <laughs> follow that passion <laughs> universe reframing for yeah us. exactly like, ah. <laughs> yeah, thank you <laughs> um yeah no I and like because of your issue not I don't mean issues but you know your struggles with like the body image and lack of self-esteem and confidence I suppose that gives you like an more of an empathy now for your clients who have those struggles as well which will just make you a better coach as well it does it's kind of like it can be like a double-edged sword sometimes it's when you've gone through a lot of struggles yourself and like worked on them um you can have a lot of empathy for people who are going through the same issues or similar or like around their body image, around food disorders, practices of their own reach to varying degrees. 
but you also can be very harsh on yourself if your struggles ever wear their head or if you're like that if you haven't got everything nailed yourself so I think as a practitioner you can put a lot of pressure on yourself you have everything nailed all the time I think that's the lesson that has taken me probably like the guts of the seven years to get to a place where you own your own shit so to speak and accept the fact that you know you are always learning you are not perfect you can't strive for perfection yourself and I think when you finally learn and accept that it takes for another layer of your coaching too and it's a new sense of empathy that you can initially start with a lot of empathy for other people and you're like I need to teach them because I've gotten to this better place and then you have some setbacks because life gets in the way or some wobbles you know you'll never go back to where you were but you know you can get shook and it gets you to a point where you're kind of like oh my god I'm such an imposter like what am I doing and you go through that and then I think you get to the other layer when it's like you learn to accept that and understand that. And then you realize that that in itself, being kind to yourself and having empathy there gives you a whole other layer of capacity to help people move forward in their journeys too, you know, and be less hard on themselves, you know, and understand that they need to let go of that black and white dichotomy thinking. And, you know, when you're finally going to get to that point, it's, it's another layer, I think. And I think that's a huge thing that, personally and professionally I think a lot of people can benefit from is the understanding that it's okay to be still on a journey yourself it's okay to always be learning it's okay to still have your own stuff it's okay yeah. for coaches to have coaches yeah and you can still help people you can still support people you can still be there for them and be an incredible coach to them yeah. you know yeah I, I really resonate with that as well I think that like a part of me like would have thought I need to be like no I'm I'm healed I'm perfect my my hormones are better I can't go back to like you know feeling sick again or being like you know fatigued and not looking after my body or whatever and because if I am then I'm an imposter I'm not a good coach how can I help my clients if I'm not feeling the best myself uh, and I obviously you need to be I suppose to be you need to be putting looking after yourself to be a good coach that's important obviously but we're not always going to be perfect either we are humans too and it's really important to uh, yeah and I think that's something you have to kind of accept but like as you say you kind of shed something and you learn it and you accept and move on again the next time Um, and again I think that just helps you become a better coach as well because again it just adds to your uh, level of understanding for clients and empathy with them as well each time that happens for you and so yeah it's all part of the the process really um and with regards I suppose when you're talking about like issues with maybe body image and lack of self-esteem and and things like that I'm sure you see that with your clients a lot like what is your do you give them the same advice that you would have taken on yourself or like just again is it like the typical nutrition answer it depends on the client um what what, what's your thoughts or approach on that (laughs) does depend on the client and where it stems from as well and it's like kind of understanding where they're at what their history is their start point and then figuring out um where they're at on it like what are their goals like if somebody comes to me and is very much looking to be healthier to help work on their relationship with food and build better habits and be healthy that's one thing that person already has bought into the idea of focusing more on healthy habits yeah if someone comes to me for fat loss or weight loss but is struggling with their body image you have that more of a dichotomy with them where it's kind of like 
right, they're coming to me for fat loss and weight loss. That is their primary goal. They've got yeah. blinkers on for this. Yeah. You realize quite early on that, you know, they're probably not doing it for the entirety of the right reasons. They've probably got focus on some arbitrary number look or they've been comparing to someone else or something that they should, they think they should be. That's a different ballpark because you have to work on getting buy-in initially to try and make them trust that you can help them achieve their goals. But also then which sometimes means that you have to kind of give them what they, they think they want initially to give them what they need later on. And it's been able to weigh that up with people to try and get that buy-in that it's about building healthy habits and behaviors at the foundation. It's something I, I, I use a lot of the, is the saying of like, it's not just a before and after, it's the after after. And that's something that's hugely important to me. It's like, I want to send my clients away, able to maintain whatever results they get. Yeah, I've worked with athletes, different ballpark with very specific goals, you know, and for training. And that's one thing. But for the majority of people, you know, what they think they need and what where they think they need to go, they don't necessarily know the best ways to do it. And a lot of people can really benefit from learning how to maintain, how to manage like a healthy weight ratio, which is like a broad, a broad range, not a number, you know, and how to build healthy habits, how to build those foundations and do them consistently over time. Yeah. And it can be really hard to introduce initially to someone who hasn't quite got the awareness that their body image is negative. They have this idea fixated that they only feel bad about their body because they're at a certain weight or they're at a certain body type that society has dictated to them that they should feel bad about that they are not enough and they're not worthy at that size. Yeah. So they fixate on that and think weight loss is going to solve everything. And unfortunately it won't always. Yeah. So it's finding buy-in and getting trust yeah. to come on the journey, you know, and dependent on the client and where they're at when it comes to things like introducing more self-care practices, you know, looking at things like journaling, gratitude to help, you know, rewire the brain a little bit to think more positively, be it self-affirmation. I have clients who I will have look in the mirror every day and just like tell themselves something positive about their body, be it something aesthetic, be it something that your body can do, you know, look at it and, and consider it in that way and to stop looking at the necessarily the same metrics of progress, like weight, if people are just won't let near weighing scales and will be literally like, you have to use other metrics of progress. If the weighing scales is making you sad, then we take that away and you can even look at other aesthetic measures of progress. And we kind of start introducing things like that. And as the transformation happens in that side, they get you get more buy-in and you can start introducing more practices and a bit more understanding of maybe relaxing on the constant goal to lose weight. Yeah. On a certain weight. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And again, it's like kind of the, I'll be happy when, and you know like and that's like but will they be you know because they haven't actually like they may have lost the weight and got to this certain number but have they learned any health promoting behaviors along the way and what other things have been compromised or like what are the consequences of having reached that weight and how long will it last and so on and I think if you're focusing on maybe adding in more health promoting behaviors along the way 
that can actually increase your happiness and your you know your attitude and quality of life and all of that and you know I just I, I was having a conversation with someone recently and I just thought like that's not help it was like someone um severely constipated and uh, but like was just uh, really wanting to lose weight and um all they cared about was the numbers going down on the scales each week and um she didn't want to waste her calories on chia seeds or all bran to support her digestion this was just two foods that someone suggested to her and I was like that's not health you know and like it's just I just think you know while maybe the numbers are going down the scale then she's staying within her calories her overall health is compromised you know if you're only if you haven't if you're having to get sachets from the doctor for your constipation that's not you know health really so this is something I think both from your, what you're saying and what I see from what you do you and I are very similar on this in that we promote overall health and that is everything and not just this number on the scales and I love that more and more people are talking about this because um I guess we want to look a certain way and it can make us feel good, but there is so much more to feeling good about yourself than the number on the scales. And yeah, I'd be the same as you moving away from that scales if it doesn't make you happy or if you're getting down each week looking at it. But yet you're doing loads of other good activities and behaviors and you're noticing you feel good in your mood. Then you step on that and it's like, oh, so it doesn't really add up. Like, No, you miss out on living. You know, it's taking a look in view of life. It's like, you miss out on all the other positives, all the other wins. Your digestion's better. Like I had an amazing message from a client who said their, their libido was up. Yeah. I was like, nobody thinks about that. Nobody thinks about your libido going up and like the positive impact on your yeah, life. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's like these things, your energy, your relationships are improved. You're not constantly fixated on a number. It's like understanding like what does that number represent to you? What does that number mean to you? What will achieving that do for you? And yeah. I people don't really, really consider that. It's like, why is that arbitrary number got so much hold on you? Mm. Like, does it represent a time in your past that you were happy? So now you fixate on that. Or is it a weight your favorite celebrity ways? Or is it, you know, your favorite fitspo ways that you've seen yeah. sharing it? Like, so you think that that weight is going to get you that look and that look is going to contribute you a more positive life. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that people really need to consider. It's like when I get there, and then what? What will that way make? What will it mean for my life? What What's going to be different? I suppose. Like what will change? Yeah. And what happens then? And then what? You know. And that, as you said, it's like it's that idea of like what does that weight represent, and what does the impact of that fluctuating have on my life as well? It's like if weighing yourself and fluctuations in your weight cause such a dramatic impact on you. They can be quite triggering for people to either initiate in restriction or initiate in compensatory behaviors or initiate in then a binge because it's like I affect it and they haven't because like you know like weight is like there's so many things that contribute to weight fluctuations completely unrelated to anything to do with body fat yeah but it impacts people's mental well-being so much that they can either hit the feckup button or they can either restrict themselves further thus making themselves so unhappy you know and the cycle continues you're missing out on so much life and so much progress that you can end up limiting yourself and limiting your progress yeah and you know i'm all for like obviously i help people lose weight like i work with people on body composition and fat yeah. loss but you can do it in a way that as you say focuses more on healthy habits and behaviors yeah. you can do you can do calorie deficits you can do all of that but you make sure they're supportive like i will always 
have supportive behaviors and recommendations behind it, yes. you know, to have them there, no matter if I use a tracking or non-tracking approach, there has to be supportive behaviors and awareness there throughout the process to just make sure that people don't lose sight of them. Yeah. yeah. Create those healthier habits. Because if you create healthier habits and behaviors and a healthier lifestyle overall, it's like a nice knock-on effect usually is that your body settles into, you know, a healthier range and that you will have a healthier body, whatever that is for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Someone who doesn't have a coach and is listening and thinking of like starting healthier habits and um whether yeah whether they want to lose weight or not or they just want to be healthier and start what like obviously it's a very generalized question so I'm not expecting like really specific answers or anything but what would be your I suppose go-to things to get started with my top my top ones would really be when it comes to diet I would say eat all of the plants (laughs) it's like I I said this slide here like protein plants and present Focus on those three words. Yeah. <laughs> like this is what your mouth is going to be. You're going to eat more protein. So try and increase protein, even if it is within your main meals. Have a good solid protein source, like be it meat, fish, a vegan protein such as tofu, tempeh, yeah, that, dairy, you know, anything like that, or like corn or whatever, like that your preferred protein sources yeah. with every main meal, and then fill up your plate with plants veggies so plants plants are obviously vegetables and fruits but it's also seeds nuts grains you know legumes all of these fibrous whole grains are full of micronutrients just eat as many plants as you can daily you know that would be my two two main nutrition ones and then i would say be present mindful practice being more mindful helps you tune in with your hunger and fullness and just slow down be present when you're eating your meals and really chew your food Mm -hmm. chew it savor it you know really tune into your body and your hunger fullness and like it can take time mindfulness is a practice so this won't do it with every meal but if you even manage to do that for one meal a day to start you sit down and you're more mindful yeah yeah back up i always say sleep waste manage your stress and hydration i know that yeah yeah just drink more water and look at your stress management tools I know it's easier said than done and look at your sleep yeah walk more move more generally throughout the day yeah dancing around the house going out for walks doesn't have to be planned exercise just generally try to move more yeah no there's really good advice I think the mindful practice is a one that people can neglect uh, and not consider when they're making changes to their lifestyle and their overall habits and yeah everyone like does the protein and we'll start with that and like they're doing the exercise in the water but the mindful practice is a really important one just as you say for slowing down becoming more aware of your hunger and satiety cues what you actually are you enjoying what you're eating and things like that like that's really important so um yeah no there that's really good advice for for anyone starting off and wanting to make changes to their nutrition and lifestyle habits <laughs> awareness is so important like yeah. even especially when people are working on things like their connection with food and their emotions and body image and stuff like that like i get clients and to keep a food and mood journal and it's literally consider with your food with each of your, your meals or calorific snacks to you know how do you feel before during and after what is the primary like physical and emotional feeling 
Yeah. The awareness that can bring about for why you might be eating to understand if you're eating for physical hunger or if you're eating for emotion or stress. Like, okay, I mean, or if you're eating for pleasure, eating for pleasure is perfectly fine. Pleasure is really freaking important, you know? Yeah. Well, I get excited when people's libidos go up. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. But, you know, it really matters. But it's understanding what's behind it and how you physically feel if you're getting bloated, if you're feeling off. It's like if you're eating past fullness, recognizing those physical and emotional feelings and reasons can be so powerful. It's like everything understanding your body and what's happening to it, understanding your behaviors and your emotions, awareness around it is so powerful because you figure out what you really need, what you really want, what you're missing, what, you know, you're, why you're doing certain things. And that gives yourself the power to change. And as a coach, for me, it gives me so much data, even emotion data. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that. And um, the, what they're, they're, the emotions that they sorry the awareness that they get from their emotions like that can just be able to help them in other situations again like going forward like if that arises again they can just as you say get more awareness on what's happening for them at that time um and use that information for the next time and maybe make a better choice if they are feeling sad or something that they're not turning to emotional eating in that instant they're like okay this happened to me before maybe I didn't feel so good afterward maybe I could do something differently and similarly if they're feeling bloated all the time instead of looking at foods to remove and take away maybe looking at how they were eating what state of mind they were in at that time and that can be a massive um help as well um the next thing I'd like to chat to you about is I suppose more around the female cycle and um I suppose you working with clients I'm sure you bring this into your coaching with your clients and I know you do like you work on training with your clients as well and help them with that so um I'd like to know more I suppose about what your thoughts are on the female cycle and training more so than anything uh, because I do think that this is um important area for women to be aware of whether they're on the pill or on a hormonal contraceptives or not if they're just having a, their own regular cycle themselves so just having a bit of what's your process around that with your clients so i would ask all of my clients about their cycle from the get-go it's a question that's asked for everyone if they have a regular cycle if they're on the pill if they're not on the pill what other contraception they may be on um yeah, it's always something that's straight from the get-go. It's really important for my female clients to understand this and bring that, bring awareness about for them. I tend to advise that everybody track their cycle, yeah. all of the clients, and to bring about that awareness for themselves to understand their body and what's going on in it. Because whilst I'm going to talk about some general ideas around training yeah. and general advice, we are not general. We are all very individual, how our hormones impact us be it if you are like on the pill or not, how yeah. your hormones are going to impact you is going to vary. Don't sell yourself short, like a self-fulfilling prophecy on anything. Yeah. So when I say that, like, you know, you may feel this way, doesn't mean that you will. So have some form of tracking, be it using an app like Flow, My Period Diary, Eve, or just using a pen and paper diary. Track how you feel throughout your cycle. Track like things like appetite, energy levels, sleep, and um, symptoms of PMS, anything like that you may have, but get that autonomy on your body and understand it and understand what's going on in it because that's really freaking powerful. Yeah. Understanding food and mood, understanding your body and your cycle is really, really powerful. But to speak a little bit more generally about training around your cycle, yeah, there can be, there are some adaptations that you would generally see. And 
when you think of starting at day one of your period in the follicular phase, that would be the first day when you start bleeding. During those first 14 days, this is when I was like, I always joke and kind of say, you're like, you like she rock. Like, yeah. so powerful. And um, there's a certain hormones that makes you feel more energized. And this can be a really positive time in your cycle because you are more energized. You are feeling like, again, I'm saying gen- this generally, you may not, you may be different, but you know, you feel more powerful, more energized, stronger. This can be a really good time if you are working on lean muscle mass development to really focus on it. Um, you know, get your training down about like more resistance work, really focus on your protein. Yeah. Go for more even anaerobic training around this. If you work on power and strength, this is a good time to like be going for max lifts and things like that. You know, you're actually more powerful and energized and stronger and you'll be able to push that bit harder as well. So around those first 14 days is kind of a, a really good time for that kind of adaptation. If you want to gain muscle, if you want to gain power, if you want to really push your training, that can be a more positive time to do that. Yeah. If you're being coached, communicate with your coach about how you yourself are feeling. Yeah. But that would be the general idea around that, that yeah. kind of period, period. And then when you are moving into after ovulation, when you're moving more into the luteal phase, yeah. the, the dreaded phase for anyone who suffers with PMS. Um, around this phase, if you do suffer with symptoms of PMS or similar, this can be where that starts kind of kicking in, you know, progesterone wears its head a bit more. And if you are someone who feels um, symptoms of PMS, like feel more tired, lower mood, serotonin can drop, you know, your boobs might get sore, you're just feeling out of sorts in general, you get clumsier, be more fatigued, more predisposed to CNS fatigue around this time as well. So listening to your symptoms, listening to how you feel and your body feels, yeah. it might be a time to rain back. You might want to have a deload week, the week before yeah. your period. Um, you might want to do more aerobic work. You might might be a good time to work on flexibility, mobility, yeah. deload, aerobic, swim, rest. Yeah. That like, you no, know, nobody wants to hear that, but it might be time to rest, you know, yeah. and use that like, and if you are someone who has a coach, they can program that in for you yeah. or just listen to your body yourself, you know, around that time. Rain it back. We don't have to be going all or nothing all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's actually not good for you. We all need to deload. We all need rest. We all need recovery. It's part of every program to get the best out of your body. Yeah. You can, one like thing that I will say is like you can get fitter, gain muscle, lose body fat at any stage of the month, at yeah. any stage of your period. And yeah. um, if you're on the pill, off pill or on any contraceptive, you can do these things. It's all possible. Um, I will say one thing though, if you are on a hormonal contraceptive like the pill, it is artificial hormones. Yeah. Your body may not make the same adaptations that it would with your natural hormones. I said again, not going to do a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it is something to be aware of. Yeah. It's like the pill, and I know you talk about it frequently with um on your Instagram and that you put out some great content around this whole area. I've actually referred clients to some of your content around this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's excellent. Um, but you know, it's not natural hormones. It's not your real hormones. It's masking if you've got any conditions. Yeah. You know, it's masking. It's not actually fixing anything that's going on. It is just postponing, working on real issues behind your cycle. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to training, I know Dr. Stacey Sims, if anyone's really interested in the the training side of things, she's an awesome follow and her book Roar is excellent mm-hmm. around um, training around your period. 
it's aimed at a lot of athletes but it's got some great information in it too just for generally understanding yeah. how your body works and how much we need fuel and how much we need carbohydrates and how yeah. much we need, you know to be fueling our body correctly throughout our cycle to get the best out of it and she yeah. did mention around you will get better adaptations by having a natural cycle, by having your own cycle, by your natural hormones doing their work. Yeah. Um, rather than masking it with artificial hormones in the pill. So it is just something to be aware of. Yeah. You know, I think knowledge is power. So understand at least before you make your choices, the impact of them on your body and weigh up the pros and cons. 100%. Yeah, that's really important to um sum that up and like yeah as you say knowledge is power and starting with tracking your cycle can be such an informative way and it's really good just that you're saying that uh just because some people talk about say the luteal phase oh you won't be able to train that doesn't mean you won't be able to like and there is a lot of talk out there and like you know I've even had it on my Instagram that you're in the luteal phase you may be feeling more uh tired and fatigued and sluggish and like I suppose that can actually I like even thinking about it it might that anyone reading that might think oh oh no that means like I won't be able to train as well during the luteal phase that's not necessarily true um we all like and it will depend on month on month it will depend on an individual by individual basis as well like there's some months I could be absolutely fine during the week of my period and then another month I could be oh my god I can't do anything today and it also it doesn't mean that every single day during that week, you know, you could just have one less day training or you could um, switch to another form of exercise during that. It doesn't mean that you completely have to stop for five whole days of your period doing absolutely nothing. That's not what we're saying here at all on those um, when you're resting or whatever. It's just maybe switching to an alternative, as you say. Um, and I do like that you gave different types of exercise. I do think that's important and it is nice maybe to balance your your month out with different types of exercise anyway because it's so it's a you don't want to be doing only strength training and then be completely inflexible and maybe not have much cardiovascular fitness as well so it is good to add in a few different varieties and maybe at different times of the month you are more um i don't know what the word is but you're better able to perform at at each one at a different um rate i suppose so yeah that is really good to note i think managing expectations of yourself and understanding because if you are expecting to if you do get fatigued at that time and you're expecting to be hitting pbs all the time and you know hitting the same numbers and doing whatever and you are more fatigued for because of your cycle or because you've been more stressed out that month and so it's impacting you more being able to manage your expectations of yourself and not be such a dick to yourself can be hugely impactful you know being kinder to yourself in that time and kind of going all right, so yeah, I need to rein it back. And I think that can be really, really impactful, especially if your mood is lower. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're able to manage your expectations and go, yeah, you know what? Every day I'm just going to be Shira. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am just going to need to sit at home in my pajamas, watch The Little Mermaid and eat chocolate. Not that that has ever happened. <laughs> so I kind of like, hmm, I wonder if you have my skin. <laughs> you know, it's like, we all have those days believe me like doesn't matter like, <laughs> we're coaches but we're also real people <laughs> yeah yeah and like Disney <laughs> yeah I probably watch some cheesy rom-com or something like that's my comfort <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah no it's essential to have something as you say like that and like um that just helps you in those moments as well and just you have your go-tos that just uh chills you out too but yeah um you can 
take a step back on those days and that's totally fine and um, but it's also not like predestiny like you know this is like what is going to happen and you know and um, when you're on the pill that you won't be able to perform because that's not true like you know at all and um, there obviously is the disadvantages of not making your own hormones when you're on the pill but at the same time the pill is synthetically designed to mimic our own hormones somewhat it's just we don't make them ourselves and uh, so they're not completely identical unfortunately but like it like we both know like people or women are able to go to the gym and perform really really well and take part in all sorts of sports um etc and athletes are on, on hormonal contraceptives and absolutely smashing it so uh, that's just important to recognize and in terms of nutrition um what you mentioned there about carbs um again this is obviously something that i think any woman who has gone through any sort of diet has probably tried low carb um and or no carbs uh, what is your thoughts obviously you're not low carb advocate anyway I don't think but um I'm definitely not um but yeah carbs are life basically what's like they're just amazing but like for helping clients get back on the carb bandwagon who have been on low carbs and even talking about the hormonal importance of eating carbs what's your thoughts I usually get people to focus on the importance of fiber initially and don't come at it with the you must eat lots of carbs and it's kind of like we're going to really focus on your fiber yeah and fiber is so impactful for health and being able to talk about satiety and talk about how it's going to support fat loss sometimes yeah help get buy-in around carbs and then when people start feeling a lot better they're feeling better fueled you can introduce a little bit more kind of ideas about like increasing carbohydrates overall and understanding especially if somebody around our cycle like we're, we're sensitive and like when you think about that carbohydrates in general are your cns and your brain's preferred fuel source yeah. you know yeah, they're not essential to like survive but they're essential to thrive you know for so many reasons and we want to thrive and our brain is what initiates and like keeps our cycle working it's like that's what stems it that's where when people's periods stop and they have like hypothalamic or menorrhea, that's what's happening. Your brain is going, I need to shut this down. So give your brain as much as your body, the fuel that it needs. Like we we require that fuel to work at our absolute best, to function at our absolute best and function at your absolute best helps you move more, you know, helps you build muscle like protein. Yes. That's the, the main nutrient when it comes to muscle gain, but carbohydrates support you being able to train harder, and better and recover better you know it's like that water that's in your muscles is helping you recover it's helping you train harder. Yeah. it's helping you initiate those adaptations that protein is supporting you know yeah, yeah. That's, that's hugely important that there is no nutrient i any diet that cuts out an entire food group entire macronutrient is not the right diet there's like yeah. it's, it's just it's unnecessary yeah. Yeah. unless you have an allergy to something you don't need to cut it out yeah like the consequences are just speak for themselves if you have a low carb diet you know fine maybe at the beginning it might feel okay and our body can as you say live and survive but I should so you're not going to like suddenly crash and burn but you're not going to thrive and then the symptoms can come in like the sluggish digestive system maybe more anxiety hair loss maybe skin issues and so much more hormonal like as you say hypothalamic amenorrhea and before it even gets that far to that you can start just to notice small little things occurring and it can definitely impact your thyroid function as well and just so many other things it's like 
I think people always kind of refer to like well our ancestors survived on you know nuts and seeds and fats and things like that but like if you think about it like if they saw like if there were carbohydrates available I think they would have ate the carbohydrates over the fats which are more energy dense quick energy source of foods um to the brain and, and CNS system as you said um and that will help them try they'd go for those foods more uh, why wouldn't they because it provides the primary source of energy for the body you know and it just gives the body abundance and helps it just uh, function at a much better level like if you're exercising to any extent and you're on low carb you're not even getting the maximum amount a maximum out of that e- exercise and the next time you go back you're more likely to get like injuries and um, be sluggish and fatigued as a result and stuff like that so yeah eat your carbs for so so many reasons like it even improves your sleep quality you know everything yeah <laughs> Yeah, eat your carbs. I think that's the best line. I just like the, the takeover. Like, eat your carbs. We will call it the Eat Your Carbs podcast. <laughs> I think it's a takeover for everybody for so many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that's um yeah. Again, it's just it's like you said, no, nothing should be cut out from the diet, you know. And if someone's telling you to do that, really question where they're getting it from. What's the reasons? Unless it's um, an allergy or something like that. But uh, no, I think um, we summed that up really. And like around nutrition, uh, carbs are definitely one of the important things. But you've mentioned protein as well. Um, again, really important for recovery and that. Like, and again. I think you mentioned it like during the follicular phase that's the time to really max your your protein intake and understanding your cycle as well around your appetite can be really important too it's realizing that like your your energy needs aren't linear your appetite's definitely not linear and you know at certain phases in your cycle like you can after ovulation like your your basal metabolic rate which is the energy you're burning can increase five to 15 percent so you are actually burning more energy so you are actually hungrier and understanding that for yourself like for a lot of people will notice a day or two during the month that they might be hungrier and it could be psychological it could be physical but getting to know those days for yourself yeah, yeah. To when that that happens for you specifically to make you account for it and even even if you are on a diet even if you are prioritizing weight loss like and, and striving for fat loss and even if you're tracking and on a calorie deficit if you can account for a few days a month where you want more chocolate and actually have the chocolate and enjoy yeah. it, yeah, it would make a huge impact overall in the sustainability of that diet for you. Instead of trying to deprive yourself or restrict it, understand that your your appetite your appetite doesn't give a shit about what calories you're on sometimes, and it you yeah. know it's going to literally like sometimes and neither does your baby metabolic rate. Sometimes it's kind of like no, it's more of a deficit than it was before yeah it's gonna let you know so sometimes listen to it I 100% agree with that like you have to listen to your body as well and understand its signals and but I do think what you're saying there tracking and not just like the days of your what cycle you're in but the, the mood that you're in your emotions that you're feeling on those days your appetite and things like that and over time that can build such um awareness and knowledge and then if you know on those days you want to eat more chocolate or eat more calories in general you can account for that in your calorie deficit maybe cut back on other days and have them for that if that's what you want to do uh, for fat loss and it then won't lead to that kind of feeling really guilty and won't lead to that binge that's most likely going to occur because your hormones nearly always win don't they you know you can't beat them and in the grand scheme of a month what even if you're on a calorie deficit for that month an extra 400 calories or whatever that is 
your favorite chocolate bar each day, that you have an increase in appetite isn't going to impact it overall. It might actually help you, might actually help buffer it even better. You know, it might actually support you and sticking to it. Yeah, super. So I think we've covered a good bit of information there for um, predominantly females really around body image and uh, things like that. And then the female cycle and things like that as well, which obviously I wanted to touch on with you mainly around training, because I know that's something that uh, I get questions on a lot. And while, as I said to you off air, like um, I'm not like I, I get someone to nearly coach me with my training I wouldn't know what I'm doing by myself so um I also don't give advice to clients on training I suggest they go get resistance training but like I wouldn't know what to suggest for them because I'm just on a PT and I'm just not qualified enough to do that and I think that's an, a role in itself uh, so I wanted to have you come on just to talk about that a little bit more around the, the female cycle and then I think you did cover up that quite nicely around the different um, types of exercise to do at each stage and I know I've talked about this before but I do think it's really important to reiterate it for for, uh, for women to, to understand that and I think that one of the take-homes that we can definitely sum up is tracking the cycle how important that is and how great carbs are as well <laughs> <laughs> I had the best take home like eat chocolate yeah, um, <laughs> yeah just eat chocolate. <laughs> that's it like if anyone wants to take it home that's it like and what a good message to take home like because I think people are just um consumed in diet culture thinking that they can't have certain foods and things like that so as I think the good nutritionists out there or the evidence-based nutritionists out there will tell you you can have everything in in your diet there's nothing off limits and that's really important to know and for people who are with coaches if they're telling you to cut out something that's that's a red flag <laughs> yeah question big time so any last minute words of advice or anything you want to say before uh, we head off never stop asking questions if you're unsure of anything that a coach tells you to do or your you know your favorite it's so a saying or anyone like that really consider like think about it if it doesn't sit well with you or doesn't yeah. sound ask questions you know always ask questions 100% because not everything someone says res- will resonate for you it might really be have benefited them or like be mean something to that person but just because that's their advice doesn't mean it's directly related to you and that's important that you don't pick up on everything and be a sponge to everything yes we can learn and but like is it useful for you at that time so that thing's really really helpful yeah, totally. So, uh, Jane, thank you so, so much for coming on. It was a really nice chat with you. Um, just if you want to let people know again where they can find you on Instagram, uh, just to check out your posts and all your motivational words of wisdom. <laughs> I can do. It's Jane <laughs> underscore real nutrition on Instagram. Um, yeah, pop me a follow, pop me a message if you have any questions about anything, be delighted to answer. Super, right. Well, I'll share the uh, your your handle on the show notes and on instagram as well so people can follow you as well but it was so lovely to chat with you and thank you so much for coming on and uh, i'll talk to you soon thank you